Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Get the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Good evening, race fans, and welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, I've got Luis Torres and Richard Uden. Guys, how are we doing? Good. Yourself? Wonderful. Luis? Not too bad. Just counting today till Portland. Counting <laughs> till Portland. Yeah, I know. We, we haven't had West Coast IndyCar races in a year. I know you guys yeah. must, must be thrilled to see them come back. So Yeah, big time. Because as I mentioned, I think last time or a couple times, because of the pandemic, it's the first time they didn't go out west since 1946. Yeah, yeah. So wow. and, and speaking of a track that uh, hasn't seen um, a, a Grand Prix in a long time, uh, Zanfort. Um, in the in uh, in the in the Netherlands, hosted a Grand Prix. It's the first time since what? Sometime in the eighties, eighty five, eighty five. Yep, yep. So uh, Max Verstappen, obviously the hometown favorite, there took the win. But uh, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of interesting things coming out of the race. There was a eh, it got a little processional, but um, but it's definitely a very interesting circuit. Unlike a lot of those that uh, that we see this day and age. So Richard, what's what's your take on this Dutch Grand Prix? Yeah, it was it was great to get back to you know one of these old fashioned circuits, if you like, you know uh, anything but these Tilka domes that we seem to <laughs> we seem the the the, 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 the phrase of the moment when it comes to circuit design in uh, in Formula One, and you know the big the big high banking curves and the, the big banked gravel runoffs. Um, you know, turn three was like almost like you know turn one and two at Bristol sort of thing, or like oh, almost like those old wall of deaths on the. Uh, you know, you used to see the motorcycle guys at uh, the fairground and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah, like, or like the old old Monza. Yeah, you know, fantastic. With the big to banking, see. yeah, yeah, really, really good. And um, yeah, it, it was it was entertaining and it was competitive, and you know, it 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 it, it was the Max Verstappen show in many many ways. You know, he'd gone there; he was the hometown favorite, obviously. And, you know, the boy got it done. And, you know, you can't knock him for that, really. Uh, he didn't really put a foot wrong all weekend. So, uh, you know, fair play to him. Tip your hat to him. But, um, you know, my only criticism of the weekend was that, and of the track, is it's a bit small for Formula One. You know, the cars look big on the track, if you know what I mean. And, you know, you watch some of the support races, like the FIA Formula 3 race, and that was great. You know, the smaller cars, a little bit nimble sort of thing. They looked really good out there. Everything just looked a little bit cramped for Formula 1. And uh, Well, the for- Formula 1 cars have grown quite a bit. Over oh, yeah. The Massively. I mean, they're they're uh, two meters wide now. And, uh, I mean, and, and 21 feet long. Honestly, that isn't big anymore is those rear wings. Yeah, 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 you know, no, and, and it, it did look a little bit sort of out of perspective, but uh, as uh, you know, but on the whole, in terms of as a spectacle and as an opportunity for the Dutch fans to sort of watch Max in his you know, home country, in his element, in his competitive background, was was fantastic. And I don't think you can you know criticize the weekend at all. Really, it was. Uh, Really good, entertaining, exciting weekend, and and Max did um, exactly what was asked of him in in many ways. So uh, 
you know, great win, great drive. Congratulations to, to, to him and the Red Bull team. Um, you know, I don't think there was any real surprises during the race. Giovinazzi had a great qualifying run to uh, to come in P7, I think it was. I, I don't think he finished there. I, I think he dropped no. out the points, didn't he? Yeah, but, they had um, a good result out of it, unfortunately, yeah. to back up his case. Whereas, I think Alonso had another great showing. Yeah, yeah, as did Pierre Gasly. He'd been qualified in P4, partly due to Checo's um, poor qualifying performance and not getting out of Q1. Uh, but you know, Checo, geez, you know, you, the guys had two two pretty poor weekends post signing that new contract at Red Bull. But um, he's not, I think, not even just that. He's haven't had a good Grand Prix weekend in almost two months. Yeah, so there's, there's you know, I mean, he's got that contract for next year, but. You know, I feel the same uh, way with that side with with Sonoda. Yeah. Yes, I know he's a rookie, but good grief, he has been. Yeah, uh, yeah he was he, a rookie. I mean, he had a mechanical issue, but again, you looked at you know you looked at the running order through the race, and it was almost like Noah's Ark. You know, the two by two sort of thing. You know, the two Mercedes, the two McLarens, the two Ferraris, the two. You know, most of the cars were were, were close to each other. And then the you had like a, yeah, and then you had like Gasly running in the top five, and then Sonoda down in fifteenth. You're like, ooh, that wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I mean, in all fairness, despite a good, entertaining race uh, that was you know good to watch, and uh, you know was was really you know, I think we are incredibly lucky at the moment to be watching two generational drivers in Hamilton and Verstappen going at it 100% week in, week out and battling uh, as they are. And I think we saw that again this weekend with Hamilton and Verstappen. They were right on the limit, both of them. Fantastic, entertaining race of two two guys who are at the top of their game, pushing each other. Um, You know, almost like Prost and Senna back in the day, you know, they would push each other. And I think if only one of them had been around, the other's level wouldn't have been as high. But we're, we're incredibly lucky to be seeing that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, in reality, yeah, particularly after the you know last couple of years where you know Hamilton has not had a a real, a real worthy adversary since um, over the course of the you season. know no you sure since, since Rosberg yeah uh, but that was within a, the same team so this is yeah well Vettel really nice. tried but like once yeah the and final third ever, of the season came along that's where it fall apart and it was never over the length of a season was it you know you'd have it where. No. You know, suddenly is, you know, as you say, like, you know, the Ferrari drops off towards the second half of the season or the Red Bull would have a poor start to the season and then come on strong. And this is the first season in a long time where you've had two teams, not just two drivers, but two teams really, really pushing themselves to the limit. And um, I think in, you know, we could be That's sat here in 20 years. 2012. No, I mean, we could, yeah, I mean, we could sit here in 20 years time and, and still talk about this season probably as a classic, you know, season in Formula One history. And we are very, very, very lucky to be watching that, I think. Um, but the main news from the weekend uh, has all come, you know, post-race. And once and for all, it's actually come out before we've recorded the show, which is incredible. Normally, this normally if you want motorsport news to break, just, you know, go on the internet 10 minutes after we finish recording this show and it'll all, the news will break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's our that's uh, our Achilles heel, yeah. I mean, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, yeah, we had planned a tape yesterday. And yes, and change it last we minute. so uh, yeah, we would have uh, we would have missed yeah. the uh, the announcement with George Russell, which is gonna yeah. give you an all yeah. all British lineup at uh, Merck yeah. next year in the German team, exactly. Um, but no, it, you know, the dominoes started to fall a little bit last week, didn't they? When uh, you know, Kimi announced his retirement ahead of the Dutch Grand Prix, and, and I don't think that I don't think it's that Kimmy's not competitive or fast enough or anything. I think he's just genuinely bored. You know, I just I mean, I, I, I he just considers it as a hobby more exactly. than anything. Yeah, so I think there's other things he wants to do and he wants to be competitive at, and you know, so he's decided to draw a line under. Which is a you know, the guy has had a fantastic career. Probably you could argue. And I always hate using this word, this these sort of phrases. Deserved more wins or more championships because I think I'm a firm believer you get as many championships and wins as you deserve. Period. But um, no, I, I think he's he's had a really good career. He's a great, um, you know, great ambassador for the sport. 
in his own way. You know, he attracts a certain crowd to the sport, which I think is fantastic. And he's, yeah, he's going to be missed for sure. He has that personality, which is, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's uniquely it's addictive, Kim, almost. Uniquely yeah. Kimmy. Uniquely Kimmy. Yeah. 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 It's, hard um, to, it's hard to put a, put a label on it because it's just, it's just Kimmy. So, yeah. but yeah, but he's been, he's been in this game a number of years in and out. I mean, he, he stepped away for a little while and came back. Yeah. But, he had a couple of years off, didn't he? Yeah. But I, I remember at the end of the day, you know, anybody that's, uh, that can say they're a Formula One world champion is, you know, oh, sure. pretty, pretty small fraternity. Yeah, for I sure. Remember, uh, I remember once there was an interview, you know, there's two journalists talking and this, you know, I think this was a TV interview and they said, uh, you know, somebody asked, uh, they were asking uh, when, when Kimmy first came into Sauber back in, you know, the early 2000s, they said that, uh, you know, Kimmy, uh, Kimmy doesn't speak much English, does he? And they said, Kimmy doesn't speak much Finnish either. <laughs> <laughs> Typical compared to yeah, compared to Mika yeah, and yeah. Valtteri, oh, yeah. he just doesn't talk. You know, he's just very, very quiet, very blunt, which is fantastic. But right, uh, yeah. But so, yeah, so, so that's uh, but, that, that yeah, opened up the speaking of the uh, Alpine seat. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a new home for uh, Valtteri. Yes, so um, he's he's signed a multi-year deal with uh, Alfa Romeo, which is apparently the first multi-year deal he's ever had as a driver, which is is good for him, and it gives the team. You know, some solidity, and, and and there's no, you know, this isn't being disrespectful. You know, Valtteri's not a a list driver. He's a he's a B plus, I think, in many people's eyes. But you know, for a team like Alfa Romeo, he's going to do a good, solid job. Bring the car home. He's going to bring a lot of knowledge of, of Mercedes, and not just Mercedes technology, because obviously next year we go to a complete new set of aero regulations. So there's a lot of new information going to there. So. In terms of the car technology, we limited, but in our in terms of operational technology and operational uh, procedures, and anyway, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of, of why motorsport teams are successful, and that I think boils down to uh, operations, trackside operations, procedures in many many ways. But uh, yeah, new home for 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 Valtteri. We don't know who he'll be partnering yet. Will it be uh, Giovinazzi? <laughs> potentially, but I don't think he's done, you know, Giovinazzi is one of those guys that, a bit like when Marcus Ericsson was there, you know, he hasn't done anything terrible, but he hasn't done anything amazing. He's hung around for a few years, you know, hasn't shown himself up, hasn't destroyed a teammate competitively, but he just hasn't, you know, wrong place, wrong time, I think, with Giovinazzi in some ways. So I would expect he would move on next year and maybe go to Ferrari as a test driver or something along along those lines. Um, and then the talk of the second seed at Alpha going to either uh, Alex Albon or potentially Nick DeFries. Uh, I know there's there's interest in both of those drivers. Um, but of course, you go back to Mercedes and Valtteri moving on, leaves seat open at Mercedes. And uh, complete shock news this morning that that's gone to some kid called George Russell at Williams. I... I don't know if he's any good or he's got any. <laughs> Man, I thought I, I thought they were going to get to Mahavir Ragunathan. <laughs> I mean, talk about the worst kept secret. And uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, again, he's deserved it. You know, you can in the three years he's been with Williams as a basically sat as heir apparent to that number two seed at Mercedes. There is nothing he could have done more. Really, yeah, he's had a few, you know screw-ups in races thinking back to Imola last year and you know a couple of other couple of other screw-ups but um you know what you can't ask any more than the guy's done he's been you know competitive quick you know I mean they call him Mr Saturday for a reason you know his his performances in qualifying have been electrifying and I, I think it's a natural progression it it creates a long-term plan for Mercedes going forward in the next five ten years you know long past the retirement of of lewis hamilton he's probably got i think he's got a two-year contract and he may have an option for a third on top of that so you know and he definitely i don't think he'd go past that third year so lewis has got probably a couple more years three at most whereas you know uh george you know could easily be there for say the next five or ten years without any question so it's a long-term move by mercedes um it justifies their development of a junior program um, and again, opens up another seat at uh, Williams. 
And again, you know, Alex Albon and Nick DeVries are being talked about as potential suitors for that uh, that seat. There, it looks like Latif is staying on for another year. And again, he hasn't done a bit like Giovinazzi. Hasn't done anything terrible. Hasn't done anything amazing. Scored points when needed in Hungary after a good show in the in the sort of changeable conditions there. So, you know, twenty twenty two starting to shape up in Formula One. Couple of couple of seats still to. You know, check the boxes on and finalise, but I think most of them are going to stay as they are. I think Seb's going to sign a new deal with, uh, or you know, um, enable that contract extension with Aston Martin. Um, you know, the two AlphaTauri guys have announced that they'll be there next year. Yeah, they yeah they've confirmed their plans for next year. Let, it, it let, wouldn't. Let me, a couple hours before Russell's yeah, broke. Yeah, yeah, but let, yeah, let's. So that got ignored. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to Alfa Romeo for a moment. And yeah. we're talking about um, Giovinazzi, right? So mm-hmm. we're going into a season with a whole new car, right? Yep. Um, would it not be in Alpha's best interest to keep one guy who's been with the team and understands how the team operates and how they uh, how they do things rather than have two guys that are new to the team there who are not only learning the you know the the car but learning the team just just oh for sure just a thought i think that that may that be is, that yeah. maybe the saving grace for um Giovinazzi. potentially and certainly it's a very very valid argument um but uh, alpha uh how should we put this they're a breeding ground for other teams in reality you know they, you know, you look at the guys that have come through there in the past. Kimmy, for example, you know, when he started out at Formula One, Felipe Massa was there, Charles Leclerc's been there, you know, uh, Perez was there when it was the Sauber days, and and, and you know, it's and, and Kubica was there as well when it was the BMW days. So they are a, you know, they're a breeding ground for talent. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are they going to win world championships and races on a regular basis? No. So you're right in what you're saying. You're right in what you're saying there, which even actually is a known quantity. There's no shock. You know, we know what we're getting with them. But is that Alpha's job? You've got one known quantity in Valtteri. And Valtteri is a pretty good benchmark. He's still current in terms of driver performance. You know, he's not like Kimi, who's probably waned a little bit over the last few years. You know, Valtteri is, you know, two tenths off Lewis, three tenths off Lewis. We know that. He's been there for the last three or four years. He has the odd good race where he's a bit closer and the odd bad race where he's a little bit further away. So what, what are you going to get by keeping Giovinazzi? Yeah, you get the same old, same old. Cool. Great. If you bring somebody new in, as I say, uh, you know, Albon, I mean, we know Albon to a certain extent as well. We know he's not as fast as, as Matt. Um, or De Vries or somebody like that, you know, another very, European very, very, very few people are as fast as Max. I mean, uh, you know, no, and, all, all things as they are, the, the kid is a pretty amazing wheel, man. Yeah, we, oh. we don't know much about the Vries as far as Formula One yet. I'll be even if he has this F2 and FE championships, so I'll be curious to see how he does in F1 because, yeah, has, and I think the guy does deserve an opportunity, I think, without a doubt. But I, I, I don't, I, I know what you're saying, Frank, with you know, do you want that stability? And yes. There is one argument to that, but I would I would argue that that would be valid for a Mercedes or a Red Bull or a Ferrari or a you know a top tier team. I don't think that's 
Alpha's, Alpha's sort of raison d'etre sort of thing. I don't think that's why they're on the grid right now. It'd be great if they were, you know, but I just don't think they're there right now. And All right, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. That, yeah. I think, adds weight to... And the same with Ericsson. Ericsson was a solid driver, but, you know, it, once you get a, a guy that is solid, I mean, you look at the number of guys in Form 1 that have been solid drivers that are no longer in the sport. You know, being a solid driver does very rarely create a Formula 1 career. You know, you, you, unless, you, you, you know, your cards fall in the right sequence when seats become available. Um, you know, I can list 25 drivers probably off the top of my head in the, from the last 20 years that have been solid drivers that, you know, didn't have a career more than two or three seasons. Yeah, like some some would say Pasco Pasco Verlide, but yeah, you know, and Alguasari and Buemi and John John Eric Byrne and you know guys like that, you know, good solid drivers, but you know, Kovalainen, um, even, or even retrospectively, Kamui Kobayashi didn't last much long enough. Yeah. and now he's revered as a sports car legend. Exactly, Anthony Davidson, another sports car guy, you know. Uh, to some minor, that, uh, maybe not. No. Even um, <laughs> if you expand about 35, 40 years, you might consider Martin Brundle. Yes, he had his mm. podiums, but never yeah. the the car to really showcase yeah. what he was able to do in British Formula. No, so exactly. So, so is good enough? Good enough? You know, what's you know when you're a team principal and you're looking for what you know what you want to do and where you want to position your team. Um, you know, I, I really do think that they'd probably be looking at something else right now. Certainly. Yeah. There's a very long answer for a very short question. So yeah, far. yeah, yeah. All, all I know is that I think it's not going to be like last year where they were the entire 20 man roster of formula one will be, will, will be filled in December, deep into December. I think all 20 seats will probably be filled before December. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it could be. I think there's still some turmoil on Haas over ownership of the team that uh, that that may yeah. rear its head or or not. I, you know, there's a lot of rumors flying around Haas and and you know what the what the future holds, whether the Russians buy it out or Michael Andretti buys yeah. it. I don't know. So, you know, not not that you know. I mean, you know, somebody has to finish last. So. It's, uh, Williams Williams decided to improve and, and leave that behind him for Haas. They probably end up beating Alfa Romeo <laughs> in, the, in the points because of it. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Alfa Romeo. I was just looking up the other day. When was the last time Alfa Romeo was won a Grand Prix? And the answer is 1951, the Grand Prix of Spain, and it was uh, Fangio behind the wheel. Uh, and, of course, this current Alfa team is Alfa Romeo in in name only, you know, there's nothing. There. Yes, I don't believe it's like the, Sauber or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's in the yeah. Sauber ancestry that goes back. It's, it's Sauber with the yeah, just like the early nineties. In Formula a, One, yeah, there's not an Aston Martin component on a uh, on the Aston Martin either. Yeah, so, but even when uh, yeah, I mean, Alfa Romeo was pretty active. I remember in the eighties, Mario drove for them for a while. They had a uh, uh, Bruno Giacomelli. Uh, he'd won a pole for them, I believe, at Watkins Glen at one point in time. So. And then one of them left F1. They had a cup of coffee with Danny Sullivan and Indy and Cart. That yeah, yeah, that was uh, oddly enough uh, the 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 failed Ferrari Cart effort. You know, Ferrari had uh, threatened Mm. to leave Formula One and join Cart. They built a car and whatnot, but that the most of the components of that engine ended up being the Alfa Romeo cart engine that actually competed. And I believe they had, like you said, Denny Sullivan for a while. Um, Alan senior uh, drove the Alfa. Um, but, but again, it was, it was just, my, a, it, it yeah. was, yeah, it was a, it was a dog. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, so much of a dog that it played a, played a massive role of the outcome of 91 at Indy. Cause then that set up the, the battle with Michael and Rick and that restart. I believe so. I mean, Michael and Rick were having a great battle uh, all day long, all day long. So, like, you know, what I mean, for that epic restart where both of them just gave it their all, where Michael seems like he had it, and then Rick eventually showcased why he was the master at Indy. Yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael passed him on the outside, which was which was a move that uh, made the announcers gasp. 
They said, I, you know, I think it was Paul Page there. Said, I can't believe Andretti pulled that off and did that. And three laps later, mirrors, mirrors the same move. That was it's still one of my favorite Indy 500s of all time. Uh, just just to watch the battle between Michael and Rick, because oddly enough, as many races as those two guys have won, they've they've had very, very few um, battles with one another on the track. You know, you think more of, uh, you know, you, you know, um, R- you know, Rick battling with a Gordon Johncock or um, or, or a uh, Al Unser. And you think, you know, more of Michael battling with a Paul Tracy or with a uh, Al Unser Jr. So they're very, they're very few examples of, of uh Michael Andretti and uh, Rick Mears going head to head. So, but I have no idea how we got so far off topic. Um, <laughs> we were talking, <laughs> we're talking about Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. So, but, uh, but hey, man, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's a million stories in racing that are all interlinked one way or the other. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And a side note, you mentioned Robert Kubica, Kimi Raikkonen. Kubica actually ended up driving. His first F1 race since 2019 because of Raikkonen testing positive for COVID, which was unfortunate in a regard because, like, just mere days after announcing he's going to retire at the end of the season, he couldn't compete. Now we have to see he's got to pass all the tests before he could run for Spa. Kubica held his own for the state, at least to be only there for final practice qualifying in the race. He did what pretty serviceable job, kind of right on par where Kimi would have ended up. It's so much so that. Apparently, he felt like that was his best race he's had since he came back or yeah, since the yeah. rally accident. Yeah, Kubitz is a guy I have a lot of respect for. It. I really think had it not been for the, him injuring his arm so badly in that rally accident that, that he really, his you know, Formula One career would have gone further than it did. But, you know, but the dude is still a Grand Prix winner. You know, he still that, got that uh, Canadian Grand Prix he won. Uh, a number of years ago, which is a lot more than a lot of guys that have tried can, can say, you know, he's a Grand Prix yeah. winner. So on top of that, he led the world championship for a cup of coffee too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are off to Monza next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where we have that qualifying heat again. We're going to go for the qualifying heat race again, which will be, I, you know, uh, the last one they had, they had in great Britain. I, you know, I, again, I, I failed to see the point of the thing. I don't know if it's sold them any more tickets or got them any more uh, airtime, but, uh, you know. The only it, thing that stood out was the press TV presentation and that god awful reef that they gave her stappen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was terrible. That I even said it's like, you should call up Borg Warner. Maybe they'll send you one. We tell it, show how, how it's done. Even back in the day, the reefs were like well done. This one is like, oh, let's just slap in a, a sticker of first place. <laughs> yeah, picked it up at the Dollar Tree, right? <laughs> yeah, if they're gonna do something like that again, I hope they've upgraded. Yeah, so uh, so Monza, you know, again another one of the classic circuits, um, big horsepower track for sure. Richard, who do you like for? Uh, you think this is gonna favor the Red Bulls or the Mercedes? I'm kind of leaning toward Mercedes on this one. Yeah, you look at the last power track in um, at Paul Ricard, and um, you know the, the Red Bulls had the edge there, and the Silverstone as well. Red Bulls had the edge. You know, you could argue that at the 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 less of a power track, such as excuse me, Hungary, you know, Mercedes had the edge. So no, I, I think uh, I think it'll still be in the Red Bull wheelhouse. I think that Honda's. Uh, Honda's got some grunt behind it, should we say? All right, so you like so you like Max for Monza? I think you've got to, yeah. You've got to, yeah. Luis, who do you like for Monza? Well, so she took Max. I'm gonna bank on. Let's see. I feel like this race could favor Lando. Let's go with a wild card oh. pick. That's a pretty wild card there. Yep. Yep. Well, anytime you it's a good one up. though. Anytime you pick outside of Red Bull or Mercedes, you're uh, either saying it's going to rain or <laughs> it's going to be a, a number of red flags or something. Yeah, but I mean, hey, why not? Lando has been performing really well this year. So uh, that'll leave me with, I, I'll just go with Hamilton. Why not? I mean, the guy's only won, what, 100 races? So <laughs> still looking for 100. I know he's, he's stuck at 99. You know, you know, I, I'd love to pick a Ferrari for Monza, but that's not going to be in the cards this year. But, uh, yeah, I still remember the what was the um 
this I think it's their last win to date two with Leclerc. Uh, no way. No. Yeah, Leclerc still, won a couple of years ago, didn't But I no, I think yeah, he won. But Vettel would no. Vettel's still the last Ferrari ever to win to date. Singapore was after Monza. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in terms of a race, sorry, I thought you were talking about Monza. Yeah. Yeah. Monza and Monza wise, yes, it would be Leclerc. Overall wise, it's Vettel at Singapore. Yeah, you remember the, the one season where the McLarens between Pros and Senna won every single race except the Italian Grand Prix? Which was just after the death of Enzo just Ferrari. After Enzo Ferrari died. Yeah, it makes you wonder. But uh, yeah, you always got to, uh, you got to, you know, as, even when Ferrari's down and out, they, they've got the most rabid fan base I, I've ever seen when you, when you uh, look at all the Ferrari flags there at, uh, at a place like Monza. So they, the old, uh, you know, Dutch gave him a run for the money. It reminded me a bit of the old uh, Mania, didn't they? Back in the, yes. back in the 80s, yes. 90s at Silverstone. There was a sea of orange there. Uh, for it's a shame that. they didn't allow them on the track, actually, post-race. I know they don't these days, but it'd been great to have seen them all flood the track and go up to the uh, podium sort of thing as they do at Monza and Silverstone. Yeah, I was, that's about the only thing missing, uh, aside from the, all the orange smoke and the pyrotechnics and all that stuff that they had at what Verstappen crossed the line. Yeah, did you see Alonso's thing? When Alonso was on his last lap, obviously, behind... Verstappen has all the flares going up and everything, and he comes on the radio and goes, well, I guess Max won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's one, that's one, way, to, that's one way to put it, to say the least. But... So, so, Richard, are, are we looking at staying at Zandford for the foreseeable future? I don't know what the length of contract is, but uh, I think it's at least a two- or three-year deal, yeah, because I know that... Um, um, Ross Braun stated that he hoped that they'd use the DRS more on the banking next year, coming out the final corner, uh, uh, which yeah. I think would be good. Yeah, if anything else, the challenges of the last couple of years with uh, with the pandemic has opened up the opportunity for some of the some of these classic tracks to make it make a return. You know, to yeah, 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 for holes in the schedule. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Zanford. I mean, that's that's one I remember well. You know, watching uh, Formula One in the seventies and eighties before you two guys were born. So, matter of fact, I want to say Zanfort was the site of Mario Andretti's last Formula One win. If I'm not mistaken. I think Mario drove for Ferrari in 82, had his last great race in F1. I think his last, I think his last win was in 78 at the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah, because 78 was when Andretti was got trouble for jumping the start. But that ultimately, what happened with Peterson? I think who who won seventy eight Monza then? I don't know about Monza. I was talking about Zanfort. Oh, but yeah, I think it was might have been his last win for Mario. Is yeah, because they typically when he showed his F one career, they would typically show his win at Sanford as one of the highlight clips. Yeah, I think Monza was won by Reutemann. If I'm not... Yeah, 80, yeah, 70, uh, yeah 78. 78, uh, he won. That's the race where we lost Ronnie Peterson. Mm-hmm. 78 Monza, and I just... I, yeah. I, I remember the start of the race vividly and all. I just, But I, I want to say it's Reutemann. Reutemann ended up winning that one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. And anyway, we don't need to discuss 40 but yeah. results when we had a NASCAR. Uh, no, Louder won it. Louder won it. There you go. Roy- Reutemann was third. What John Watson was second. The Brabham- Actually, you're talking about Alfa Moreo, one and two. The Brabham Alfa Moreo finished first and second in that race. But yes, unfortunately, that was, as you said, that was the uh, the race where Ronnie Beeson suddenly lost his life um, at the start of the race. And let to kind of infamy for Ricardo Patrese if you're one James Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Patrese was absolved of that in, in good time. People uh, uh Ricardo Patrese, he's he was one of my favorite drivers when he was when he was active in driving, and he's uh he's he's really considered a legend in Italy now. People people love that dude. You know, he's uh yeah, he's, the he's original Iron Man of Formula One till yeah, Barry Keller yeah. and Raikkonen came along. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Right, right. So again, here we are discussing 40 year old stuff. When we had a NASCAR race that happened just this past Sunday, which was the opening of the chase. Boy, that's what a weird uh, segue right there. So uh, I mean, it's the Southern 500s, the, the throwback event. It felt like a throwback race to where you cannot have a mulligan, even with this current system. The mulligan does you no favors. And oh, if you're Rick Hendrick, that bill is going to be really hefty. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Hendricks cars going to need a little, little work. But let's talk about um, the winner was uh, Mr. Denny Hamlin, who was uh, winless going into the chase, though, despite being having a very nice uh, cushion in the points. I think I believe he entered second in points. Yeah, he was correct? for and, a good uh, while the regular season championship leader. Championship leader but, but I mean, this is the best way for him to kind of get that didn't win a race monkey off his back is to go ahead and you know, win the first playoff race. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy, uh, but by any means there, he had a heck of a heck of a challenge from a uh, young Kyle Larson, who was, uh, that, that dude is just good everywhere. I'm going to tell you, uh, yes. you know, I, the more and more I watch Kyle Larson and, and you think about his, his midweek and, and off week activities too, where he just, he just goes and wins races. I, I'm really feeling like we're seeing one of the, the best young drivers of this generation. And I just really, uh, you know, want to see where this kid's career goes. You know, he's just so, uh, yeah. And honestly, the whole little N word slip up thing he had a couple of years ago with that, that caused him to lose his ride with Ganassi may be the best thing that's ever happened to him. Cause he ended up in the Hendrick car. It was um, a massive wake up. Well, yeah. And also, he kept himself busy racing and did what any driver would want to do in the ideal world is win races. And he got that. And then he got on a massive roll of the word. He let it. I know early in the season, I said, well, it's the five car, which is really the old 48. And I'm not going to go into that whole system, how Hendrick's team's heritage worked now, because yeah, you've, done yeah, yeah, you've multiple gone times already time or, four, time or two before, and it still hurts my head. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't hurt as much compared to when colleague bought those spire charters where I was telling you one is from Levine and all that stuff. But no, I think he's really made a point that no, my bold prediction ain't going to happen. He's solidly going to be fine going to the next round. I, I think it's going to be hard to beat, but Hamlin has not been terrible. He's just not been able to win until last this past Sunday. And it's considering all the circumstances he's went through the social media, sometimes whoever side of you, whoever, if there's a side you want to call, Avalon just went in there, minded his own business and just focused on the job at hand. And he got it done. Same thing with Tony Stewart, with Tony Stewart back in the day where I think he was, he, when he ditched Stewart Friesen's wife, then girlfriend at the time and won the race shortly thereafter called a dead weight i think in hamlin's eyes dead weight is gone now he can get on a roll and the most perfect time like stewart yeah i think you know i think a lot of people read more into that than they should have you know the interesting thing is you know couples have in all walks of life have relationship problems all the time you know what i mean i mean kyle bush and right yeah 19 the problem the problem is you're in the public eye and and when she's gonna put something like that on twitter for the world to see I I I don't I don't recall Denny saying a, a thing about it. I think he just let it roll off his back, and I just think one tweet he mentioned <laughs> about yeah, about it, it. But she she ended up deleting her Twitter, and you know because uh, Steve O'Donnell did the same thing like a a day later for yeah, whatever I, reason. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I see. I tend not to read too much into these things because that's that's life. You know what I mean? A relationship. You have some relationship problems. The problem with social media is it allows you to vent. The problem with being in the public eye is when you vent so many more people see it. So, but, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, that's, uh, you know, relationship problems is just life. So, 
and 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 people are saying some god awful horrible things about Denny Hamlin when they don't even know the facts. And I don't know the facts, and I don't think we uh, will. We will. We'll ugh, talk. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, I don't say we'll. We will. It's between Denny and and Jordan, and it should should be nobody else's business. Yeah, I mean, I look back to 2002, where ironically at Darlington, that's when Gordon had that tumult, that nasty divorce with Brooke, that kind of lingered to him through through most of 2002. That became like the one of the big stories. I think the tide of the twist, the change of the tide kind of hat went along after Kurt Busch when he split with his first wife in 2011. Now you just don't hear about it. You just hear through social media and those in the know or in the circles and all of that, but not well, from uh, the Kurt, reporters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but Kurt Busch was Kurt Busch was wrong because they they made him sit out, what, three or four races? No, I talk about the the first wife from 2011. Not, oh, not, not not the crazy not, one. The, not the middle. No, not, they not, never they were never uh, married. The the one that says she was an assassin in the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I don't, I don't that, know one, that, that one. he was wrong to uh, yeah, they, over time. Yeah, well, they they made him sit and miss a couple races um, over things that it turned out there there was no truth to. Which yeah. uh, again, and and I understand the the league wanting to be responsible and you see the same thing in the NFL where these domestic violence sort of things will, will cost a guy game time uh, and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, there, there comes a point where you've got to, there has to be a burden of proof, you know, because, uh, and again, here we are off topic, but it's, you know, there's a lot of, he said, she said in any kind of relationship problem there. So, but I don't know. But as for the race itself, yeah, it was a bad day for Hendrick. Yes, Larson finished a, second, but he destroyed his car in the process. A, it was a good day for uh, Ross Chastain. Um, it's, I think that's that's the best uh, Ganassi cars looked in a while. But Ganassi has been on a roll. This goes back to Nat. It started with Chastain in Nashville. Kurt Busch has had a strong showing because there's still questions whether or not can Kurt Busch carry Ganassi to one last push for that elusive NASCAR championship before they go away and just focus on IndyCar and Extreme and all the other stuff that Ganassi does. So, but yeah, he had a good showing, but Ross had a tremendous showing. He was basically best of the rest and had a restart favored him a little bit better. He might have stolen the win, which would have made him probably one of the 10 fastest guys to win in all three series between the first national tour win to the time he accomplished the triple. Because people forget that Ross Chastain, yeah, he's been in NASCAR for over a decade, but he didn't start winning until he got that opportunity with Ganassi and Xfinity before the DC Solar fiasco kind of the curb stopped Chastain's progress. But it ultimately panned out to where he's now at Ganassi. He's going to be with Trackhouse next season, of course. But I wouldn't be surprised if Chastain eventually finds a way to win, but it's just a matter of when and how the other playoff drivers content because like I said you're going to have a lot of sense of urgency from everyone. Ryan Blaney with this with the bottom we got so bad he did a complete 360 but that ended his day. Kyle Busch was involved in a crash. Chase Elliott had a flat tire that could have wiped out Quinn Hauf. At least it wasn't as Rick Rick Ware terrible where poor old James Davison had a flat tire if I recall it collected Cody Ware Cody Ware decided, you know, I'm not going to go put the damage ain't too bad. And then the, the crush panel was already destroyed that he had carbon monoxide poisoning. And that thing is no joke. Look no further than Rick Mass. But it seems like everything's okay on Ware's part from what i able to see. And yeah, it was a, it was a banner. It's a banner day for Rick Ware racing. That's for sure. Well, it was with Billick. He got a top 10 at Daytona. <laughs> if you just be, be nowhere near those three guys. And that, and that kept him alive, but yeah, for Kyle, the big story outside of it is Kyle Busch because he was involved in a, oh yeah, Michael McDowell was the first victim. William Byron also had, I think, tire issues because it wasn't installed. I think I said Chase Elliott, Quinn Huff. I know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned Chase. Yeah, but we were talking about Kyle Busch and we're obviously yeah. talking about the, the pulling into the garage, knocking the cones over and, and nearly running over some uh, pedestrians. Yeah, you had mm-hmm. somebody carry 
hauling those tires for the new set and all that and had to pause momentarily. And that cost Kyle Busch $50,000. Not for not for his, his post-accident comments because they done away with penalizing driver points or finding them for swearing. I mean, that's been lenient since that particular word that Kyle Busch used multiple times is pretty much now lenient for TB. It's no longer a sin. I um I, I thought that yeah, there's frustration involved in, in what happened. You know, you you're fighting for a championship and you've been running badly, to put it mildly, all day. But you know, Carl's behaviour and actions once he left Pit Road to go back to the garage was absolutely disgraceful. Um you know, I go back to two or three years ago when um Matt Kenseth was banned for two races, I think it was, when he deliberately spun uh, Joe Logano at Martinsville, I think. And that's racing, okay? It's still being a... Uh, that's on the a, track, yeah. That's on the track. Yeah, that's being stupid and yeah. um, what have you. But here, you are blatantly and deliberately endangering the lives of other team members, mechanics, members of the public, and spectators. And... It's just I mean, to a guy like Carl Bush, fifty grand, pfft, nothing. He wouldn't even get out of bed for fifty grand. So I thought he's been got off extremely lightly there, and it's a shame. I'll be honest with you. If he'd been suspended for a race or two, I wouldn't have been disappointed. I think he deserves it. I think what he did yeah, was yeah, excellent, what... immature, and childish, and it cannot be tolerated in top-level racing. Now, didn't we, I mean, did, didn't we have they... a similar incident uh, with somebody pulling in the garage? To, I, I don't know if it was Kyle Busch or, or was it Keselowski a couple of years ago? You're thinking uh, about maybe Johnny Sauter? Maybe. I, I, he like... got suspended for the whole thing with Austin Hill, and I forget what really – where he was – he was – there was something because you have Kevin Harvick – who pulled in the, in, into the hauler. And there's been times I think somebody ran into the hauler to kind of show their displeasure. And even outside of NASCAR, you've had that that one British guy that constantly got, gets into trouble all the time in the junior formula. Oh, um, Tictum. Tictum, yep. Some of the stuff that he's done is really pathetic. And Frucci was... In a similar sort of mold as well for a while, there wasn't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think for, it, with I the, just uh, deliberate tap on his teammate. Yeah, which I, I just think I, that, I think that was overplayed. Disgraceful. Yeah, I yeah, mean, no, I agree. It, it, Kyle could certainly could have uh, uh, could have seriously injured somebody or or even you know cause the death of somebody. Uh, you know, you can't. It, but it's it's just the but, but my problem with it is okay. What he did was bad. And I don't think anybody can defend it. But it's like the the attitude towards it. It's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'll pay the fine. Screw you. That's where I have the problem. Kyle has that very blasé attitude about a lot of these things at times. And it's a shame because the guy is seriously good and I think would probably be elevated if he had a better attitude towards these sort of things. I mean, we've all seen these flippant, arrogant remarks that he comes out with in press conferences and the like. And he's, you know, he's his own worst enemy at, at times with things like that. But that was a pretty, you know, pretty poor move, I think, on, on his part. And it certainly wouldn't hurt if he didn't come out and make some sort of statement reflecting that and, uh, and showing a little bit of, um, you know, um, little humility remorse. as to what yeah. he did. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure we'll find out come Richmond when somebody will ask him. But I don't think there's a because there's a double header for the Xfinity income. I don't think there's a media bullpen for Saturday. Like he they, no, he'll probably go Marsh. Yeah, be like, oh well, you know, like, I'm just here so I don't get fined or whatever. Like petulant little child. I'm sorry, you're a grown adult. You're trying to set examples to people. Act like it. You earn millions of dollars a year for driving a goddamn car around a track in circles. You know, be appreciative of what you've got. And be appreciative of the other competitors out there and the people that teams will work in the teams to give you a car to do what you do on a weekly basis. And the fans that turn up just 
don't be such a bitch. I'm sorry. Just sort yourself out, man. You know, I know he plays up to that mentality and all that sort of stuff, but come on, it's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, he's been around long enough. He should be one of the elder statesmen of the sport, and and his behavior should be a model for other folks to act as long as he's been around. Yeah. And with uh, all I mean, his he also wins. has Mars yeah. as well. That's pretty much catered to children. Exactly. He's yeah. a phenomenal driver. He really is a phenomenal driver. But God, as a human being, he leaves a lot to be desired when he acts like that. I mean, look at his Instagram stories. Good grief. Oh, I've got better things he, to do. He, he, he's, he, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's what do you call midlife crisis? Yeah, and it's like, dude, you just don't get it, do you? And you know, yeah, they, they, I think they both, you know, him and his brother both come from a pretty, you know, they've got that background, haven't they, of, of uh, you know, the way they handle themselves publicly. And it's just, God, it's just so frustrating. It's just, God, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. This is where, Frank, so this is where Frank turns around and says, next week's guest is... <laughs> <laughs> Next week's guest will be Kyle Bush. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be yeah. That's a pipe dream. That'll be the day when yeah, Kyle wants to talk to us. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so where are we off to next? Then is it Richmond? Richmond. That's what I thought. Richmond. Uh, Where Bristol, isn't it? Yep, Bristol's the cutoff race, and it's kind of interesting how we're back to Richmond usually in the time period that it falls on the 9-11 weekend because that was the usual time slot for richmond for yeah, a good yeah, while richmond richmond used to be the cutoff race for a while yeah, or, or was it, the yeah. or was the, the regular end, season end, cut end, off. end of the regular season yeah so so richmond is a playoff race now and we've got uh, uh you know um obviously denny hamlin solidly into the next round you got a couple other guys uh, you know shuffled around there you know, it's not out of the possibility that we lose one of the favorites here with the way the uh, Hendricks cars finished. Um, Michael McDowell was the first guy out. He looks to be, he looks to be in trouble already. He needs a really good result at Richmond. And he's the one in big trouble. Whereas the other ones are in single digits. Michael is like over 20 already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gone. He's, he's pretty much done. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. He's gone. If he doesn't doesn't win you kind of wish the super speed were a was a roll course in one of those three races in the opener. Well, if, yeah, if you him, you do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the short tracks are not his forte. He just, for lack which of a is unusual because he's a no, good. He's a it's good more like he has no race. luck. Period. Because McDowell usually was pretty had pretty good noble starts in short tracks, just can never capitalize at those finishes like the super speedways. Because he's a road racer by trade, isn't he? If you want to have a better word, that's yeah, his background. Was, so, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. The Atlantic champion or pro Mazda, excuse me. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, McDowell drove in a couple Indy car races back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's unusual that he struggles at the short tracks because normally they sort of, especially the Martinsvilles, you know, and, and Dovers and places like that, they sort of go hand in hand to a certain extent with the road course drivers, uh, road course racers, don't they? Especially, especially Martinsville because Martinsville heavy, heavy on the brakes, which is uh, you know road course guys are, are are really good with conserving their brakes, you know because they they use them so much. But uh, I mean, but I think McDowell has got him. The hole he's dug is going to be too big to get out of. So mm-hmm. so we need to think about who are the other two guys going to be going home, well, or not going home, but exiting the chase after the next two rounds. So, I mean, in all fairness, for for McDowell, if he had three weekends which corresponded to, to where he's been for every race of the season outside of, of Daytona, he'd probably still go home, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, honestly, you know, his his win was a little bit of a fluke, you know, and he's not really contended a lot the whole season long, but he did, you know, get himself into the chase. And, um, the, you know, for him, that's quite an accomplishment. In itself, yeah. Oh, for that team, it's aside, huge. Yeah, aside huge from the five hundred, he's had his best season. He's put us some noble runs just a couple oh, yeah. times. He was involved in incidents more so lately, which is not a good, te- which is not good at all. Especially 
because front row is in the discussions about selling their charters. So they're in a mishy-washy situation right now when it comes to charter system, whether or not who gets the boot, more likely Alfredo might get the boot. McDowell might stay, but who knows? It's a very complicated time for front row, despite winning the 500. There's still some question marks whether or not 2022 will see something different. All right, so we have uh, actually Austin Dillon is below McDowell in points right now, if I'm looking at this correctly. Well, Dylan's out of the playoffs. Okay. No, so. Dylan. Yeah. So, Reddick yeah, is the Mc, only RCR. McDowell, Byron, and uh, Kyle Busher at the bottom there. Bowman is out via the the tiebreaker that over Red. I think it's Reddick because the, how they break tiebreakers is whoever has the highest finish out of the round gets the tiebreaker. Yeah. We're listing. Yeah. Reddick during those three guys, races. Yes. Yeah, listing Reddick yeah. is 12th and Bowman is 13th in the thing there. Right above them is Amarola and uh, Chase Elliott. So, so, so really, I mean, Kyle Busch is in a little bit of trouble here. But at the end of the day, here's a guy who could pull a win out of thin air. And it's Rich and it's Richmond coming up. So you should, you should yeah, you yeah. Think. So, so he'll probably but, be okay. But uh, it's been more of a Penske charity case the, as of late. I think yes, Bowman won the uh, last time at Richmond in the spring at during the day. But if I remember serves correctly, I think that was the race where Logano was strong. Logano's always been good at Richmond since been being with Penske. You could never count out Kaslowski. But I still feel like I still have a big question mark with Logano as far as making it to the next round, though. Oh, I think Logano and Kaslowski both have kind of leveled off this year. That they, Kaslowski they, is the they, lame they, duck. Yeah, they start, they, they both started out pretty strong this season. But, but, you know, what have you done for me lately? And, and now there's some playoffs. You need to do something and do something quick. Uh, you know, yeah, so Blaney I, has I, stepped, Blaney has stepped well, yeah, it up. If, if, yeah. Blaney's, Blaney's the guy that's uh, probably got the best shot of any of the Penske guys to advance to the, the final four. So, but with that being said, let's talk about who we like for Richmond. And Louise, do you like a Penske guy for Richmond? I do for in some aspects, but I feel like this could go Larson's way. I I think it, it might go Larson's way this time. Richmond. Okay. Well, I mean, every race can go Larson's way. It seems. <laughs> it's not. Uh, if I re- I don't remember, he was much of a, a noteworthy. He wasn't much of a noteworthy drive competitor at Richmond last time. So it's kind well, of a semi stretch, but we'll see. No, not really. I, I mean, as, as good as a kid has been week in and week out, I, I think every, you know, it's like a couple of years ago. We, when we, when I used to do the show with, uh, uh, with a couple of other guys that have uh, since retired, we had this one dude on the show. He was, um, named, um, what was his name? It wasn't gray. It was, um, oh God, I can't remember the dude's name, but, uh, he would every race, every race pick Harvick. Mm. That wasn't me, was it? Before I knew what was going on. No, 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 no. It wasn't, wasn't you. It wasn't you. No, this guy. He's a. Uh, I, I just. I. I hate it that his name escapes me because I did the show with him for 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 a while, and uh, and he's uh, he's he's a track announcer for the um, uh, one of these uh, local truck series. You know, not the. It's not Stadium Super Trucks, but it's one of the. Uh, like, I think they call them Super Trucks down in the Carolinas, and. Um, yeah, good dude. I don't know why his name escapes me. Because oh, it was Crate. Ronnie Crate Payne. Ronnie Payne, his name was. And we called him Crate. Every race, every NASCAR race, he big Harvick. And I think at the end of the year, he was uh, lead, leading us in the uh, correct picks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, well, so so Richard, that being said, you want to pick Harvick or? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's pick Harvick. Yeah. I was actually going to pick Kyle Bush, but Harvick, I'll have two picks. Harvick needs I have a two picks. Man. Harvick and Kyle Busch. There you go. Everybody gets two. Exactly. Well, yeah. After after you uh, you slaughtered Kyle Busch to death, go ahead and pick him to win. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying he ain't going to win. I just don't think he should be allowed to race. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, Truex. Oddly yeah. enough, I want to say Truex had a, a couple of really good runs on short tracks over the last couple of years after never having quite put one of those together. But uh, I think he's got his short track game together. And I think uh, true X is one of those guys that comes, comes alive playoff time too. So that's where we're at with that. So let's talk about 
IndyCar coming to Portland this coming weekend. Yes, yes, Louise, you're, you're getting ready to pack your bags and head out to Portland. Uh, excited to have IndyCars on the West Coast again after canceling the entire West Coast swing last year. Um, Portland, yeah. Portland, one of those great natural terrain road courses uh, that I just love. So, uh, yeah, it's a like a usual flat road course that you can somewhat compare to Montreal. With that being said, as Roman Grosjean, I expect him to have a, a a career day. Not only just, not only I think he's going to do really well. I feel like he won't be a terrible choice to pick for as a winner. I think this might be the weekend he gets it done before the ultimate inedible happens, where he's officially officially confirmed as the next Andretti driver. Which I think a big win for Dale Coyne because yes, they've won in the past, but it kind of shows them like. The give them that'll be a huge win for Dale Coyne and also for Rick Ware after their cup programs just going in shambles, especially when it comes to the bottom three charter standings. Maybe they'll trend for the right reasons this time come Sunday, albeit large credit goes to the coin effort. But all right, so we got a championship, we got a championship battle too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you can't look much past Mr. Joseph Newgarden. When we get to these uh, these these uh, natural terrain road courses as well, he's uh, he's pretty good there. And again, so is so is his teammate Will Power. Um, yeah, the most recent winner at Portland. Yeah, from- yeah. Then of course, uh, so we've only been back at Portland what two years, three years, two eighteen uh, and nineteen. Eighteen with- and nineteen. Sato Sato won in eighteen. Will yep. Power won in nineteen. We we skipped last year. So I, I don't think I think Sato's probably Sato's just had a bit of a miserable season this year. Uh, that doesn't mean that he can't suddenly come alive and um, pick up where he left off. But uh, yeah, or Graham Rahal can finally make it out of lap one, or the field for that matter needs to make it out of lap one, turn one. Yeah, because the both races we've had incidents. L- last time it wasn't as disastrous, but it did collect. No, I was almost going to say Colin Herta, but that was Zach Veach at the time. Herta was the pole sitter for for that race at Portland. I would not count out Herta, though, to be in the mix. It's a matter of which Herta is going to show up. Yeah, yeah, Herta is hot and cold, but I, I think this is a track that will favor Herta. Uh, this is a track that will favor, like I said, Newgarden. Uh, you said Grosjean. Uh, I, I think that this is you know, Will Power, of course, Graham Rahal runs well in these sort of courses here with the whole, you know, year off of the track here. This is, you know, realistic, realistically, anybody's, anybody's race. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Paul, the big thing Paul, is below. He's never seen this course, right? Or any of, well, he has, I'd imagine he's already seen Laguna, but he's never raced in any of these upcoming races because there were no West coast last year. Right. But, but this falls right into his wheelhouse of where his, uh, you know, international experiences run on natural train road courses. I think he'll take this one quite well. I think award will run well here. Um, you know, any of these guys, Erickson, I think Erickson will run well here. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be another one of those ones where the qualifying is going to be the, you know, the bulk of the field be separated by less than a second. And, and we're going to have a, uh, a great, great, great race. Yeah, for sure. Qualifying is going to be different this time because they're qualifying much earlier than they have in the past because qualifying is past noon rather than three or four o'clock because Arca West is at four four thirty to five, and before Arca West they have their second practice. So pretty much, there's no Indy car entity Indy car series activity on Friday. It's just Indy Lights and Arca West hitting the track. So it's basically a two day show for the for the Indy car drivers. So it'll be curious to see how qualifying were fair, how Colin Eilard will do in the the. Re- in Hugo's Hollinger racing, which that team makes their return for the first time in two years. And basically when Kyle Kaiser stunned the world at Indy to make the field. So I'm curious to see how they, how they do. You also have Oliver Askew in the third Ray Hawk car for the remaining races of the season. But I Elio, say Elio's going to be there. Yeah. Elio will run. We, you have, what else do you have? You have, Johnson and Groshan to cap off the year, so we're done with the uh, with the oval portion of the seat of the campaign. 
So you got a lot, a lot of stories, a lot on the line, a lot of drivers trying to prove their worth, like Ryan Hunter Ray, who's I think it's established enough that he's going, he's looking for a ride in 22. Right. Hinch, Hinchcliffe as well. Uh, beneath it. Rossi, who would really love to uh, hit the winner's circle this year. Yep, he finished podium last time in Portland as well, along with Felix Rosenquist, who also could use a good showing. Yes, he'll be yeah. around in 22 with Errol McLaren, but it doesn't hurt to have a great run because, for like we talk about Polo, he needs just to get through a race. Because the last two races have been absolute disaster. Yeah, and, and he's had those engine penalties where he's, you know, he's starting starting the race behind the eight ball. So, yeah. so Baloo, and, Baloo could use some really good mojo this weekend. And and as far as award is concerned, he just needs to have a great showing, maintain his points lead, right? Finish ahead of Polo. He doesn't necessarily need to win the race, uh, you know, provided that there's not Polo or Newgarden winning the race. He just needs to drive really smart the um, last couple of the last three races here and uh, see if he can uh, put this thing to rest and win his first championship. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, lap one, turn one, can't miss, bus CTB. Hopefully they all make it through. And hopefully for one Dalton Kelly, he doesn't run over those signs like he did in that, <laughs> like he did in that Indy Lights race in 2018. Yeah, that, yeah. Ironically, or, I think or, if I recall John one. Kellett. Yeah, yeah. He's actually improved this year. I, I'll tell you. You know, it's a, I mean, he's, he, could, he couldn't have gotten worse, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he seems to get a little, little, little better. Yeah, he's 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 he's, he's catching up. Yeah, he's, I, he's never. You know, he's never gonna be. Uh, you know, he's never gonna be. This serviceable. It, it helped to now have a full season kept because I was curious how he's gonna do it a whole year. See how far off he'll be. He's, and that's the thing about IndyCar. You're not terrible, terrible as far as margin gaps concerned. I know John said at the beginning of the year he was like way off. Sometimes he still is, but he, we see moments where he'll be there. You'll cut the deficit a little bit where he's not terribly far. It's just a matter of not wrecking the cars and continue learning. Indeed. So that'll be this coming weekend. So this coming weekend we'll have Monza, Portland. And Richmond, all three race series in action. Uh, but we are out of time. So, Louise, I want to thank you. I want to thank Richard, who was already had to go uh, hop off the hop off of the uh, off of the call and go check on his mother-in-law. Richard, good luck there. I want to thank the Who Was the Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And I want to thank you folks that listen to us. But until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 